Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast. Um, we haven't been together as a group for a while unfortunately. We're lacking one member again today. Tony Scott's not able to be with us. But there's myself, Greg O'Keefe, Phil Kirkbride and as ever, big Gavin Buckland. The squad, the Gareth Barry of the Royal Blue podcast. <laughs> yeah, Gav, Gav Baz, yeah. I'm disappointed Scott, he's not here. I don't know what I'm going to argue with you, really, to be honest with you. you know, there's, a wall, week, there's a wall over there, you yeah. can <laughs> Plenty to talk about uh, since last time we convened. Um, I suppose, really, the kind of positivity of Middlesbrough has certainly not been, uh, not been soured, but it's kind of been paused a bit by uh, Tuesday night and another League Cup exit. Um, and then, of course, what we learned or didn't learn about the the strength and depth that that Cumin has. But Gav, you were you were talking earlier, weren't you, about Paul Merson's comments? Yeah, it was. And it was, he made it before the uh, the Norwich game. I think at the weekend he said that something along the lines of Everton have got thirteen very good players, but beyond that, perhaps the squad's a little bit weak, especially in some uh, positions. Um, you know, whether he was foreseeing the, the Norwich results and performance, perhaps uh, only he knows, but. Um, first of all, what I'd like to say is I think we had a good team, good enough to be Norwich, regardless about you know whether the the, the squad's strong enough on on Tuesday. But it was just a, an interesting comment, I thought, and and maybe perhaps he was saying, and maybe some people think that maybe once you take away the starting eleven and maybe a couple of players who weren't playing on Saturday, like say James McCarthy, perhaps throwing Dale Fayo into that, have we got the squad we were wanted to, to to be where we want this year? And perhaps he was showing maybe some of some of the evidence on Tuesday proved proved that. I I think yeah, surprisingly it's a very kind of salient point from Merson, isn't it? <laughs> um, with respect, I often find what he speaks about Everton is a little bit from too much of a distance and a little bit cliche. But it's an interesting point. Um, I think you, in many respects, you you'd be you trouble to argue too strongly with him on that, wouldn't you? You you could make a case maybe for a couple of others, maybe. But what it does, I think, reinforces my belief and my hunch at the minute um, that January will be an important window for Everton. I think, believe slash hope, the club will be active and busy. You know, the manager has spoken about, as we said before, that you know it's going to take two years to build the squad that he wants, and I would fully expect he'd make every use of every available minute in every window he has. Um, it's interesting, and, and maybe Merson, as you said, he said it before the Norwich game, and it kind of perhaps played out, even though, as you say, that team was good enough on paper to have won. I wonder whether there's a couple of players who were drafted in who have had their confidence knocked. Phil, Koeman was a bit, after the game on Tuesday night, he, he wasn't tetchy, he was more... He was more Defensive of his his fringe men he called in, mm. but today at Finchwalm you've not long got back from the presser, and he was a bit a bit short, a bit tetchy with someone who asked him about again about the the sort of periphery figures we'd had, mm. had to draft in. What's behind that? Because I mean, well, yeah, he, he he got a little bit agitated again that the the issue was raised and was and quite clearly keen to move the conversation on. I don't like these questions, he said. Yeah. <laughs> You know, typically honest, you can't knock him for that. You know, he 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 tells it how it is, so to speak. But my sort of not issue with it, but I think it was a fair question, maybe again, because prior to the game, he'd 
issued a fairly thinly veiled warning challenge, however you want to put it, to mm. these players, saying if you know I will take notes, draw conclusions, and if they don't respond, as yeah. in his words, then they'll find it difficult. So I, I think the sort of the inquest, if you like, so to speak, after the game and and of those performances was fair. But my theory being that perhaps privately Ronald will not have been particularly enamoured by some of the performances, but will think, well, I've got to wait until January before I can add to that squad. I'm lighting central midfield because of injuries. I can't be digging these players out in public too strongly because they may already have fragile confidence anyway. And if I go and destroy them in a typically brutal fashion, which he wouldn't have been too harsh because they weren't horrendous by any stretch, he might think, well, that's not a particularly smart game to be playing at this stage. Yeah, I agree. I think he's probably got on the back of his mind what he said about Barty last week as well, that mm. perhaps he doesn't want to be seen as a manager every time players perhaps don't perform to expectations, he comes out and gives them a public rollicking because it's a bit, it's a bit he, of a... Yeah, he got in with Southampton dressing room with time. He was up and down with them yeah. and maybe he's learned from that experience. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a uh, touchy subject, isn't it? Because it wasn't just comments, comments about Barkley, it was comments other managers made last week about players. It was sort yeah. of like a, a subject that was quite high on the agenda about managers, how managers talk about players. Mourinho. Yeah. Even though what he said about Barkley was reasonably fair and, and, and balanced here, he didn't say you know that Ross is poor of Sunderland and that was it. He, he put in the context that Ross is a quality player, he can do things better, probably better than what he can do at the moment. But people focus on the, the negative side. So I think I think it was probably a wise, wise choice of words to, to say. Um, but it didn't dispute the fact that it was a, a poor performance against uh, Norwich, um, against the team themselves who'd made what? Ten changes. Yeah. I'll hold my hands up and say I was particularly disappointed in Tom Cleverley. Well, look, Gerard De Lefeu, for starters, I wrote a piece on the night. He, for me, he's on he's on that tipping point of being someone who's going to be forever uh, a player who performs in fits and, and, and spurts and isn't really the quality of the level that we hoped he would be when he came with such a you know a grand reputation or potential from Barcelona. Uh, and it's really getting to the point where he has to make his um, make his decision whether he's going to be able to be consistent or not, be a top player or just be someone who's who's forever having to turn your hair out. But it was more people like Tom Cleverley and, to a lesser extent, Murray. Cleverley, for me, just didn't do anything in any way to suggest that he's someone who's anything more than an all-right squad mm. player. And um, I thought Murray had a poor game as well. Well, Ronald's kind of mitigation and his defence... And his measured kind of assessment was admirable, admirable. But, and he was saying you can't judge a player just on one game. It's what they're doing during the week, and so we have to take that into context and consideration. And say, well, maybe these lads have been putting in and training, etc., and responding to what he wants at Finch Farm. But as I wrote in my piece, we're at um, a, a junction now, aren't we, with Everton, where our ambition has got to be met by the quality at our mm. disposal. And can we really say we're a, we're a squad? striving for European football, if players can't come in and make an immediate impact, if the bench isn't strong enough mm. to be providing the competition he wants in every position, he wants two players for every position, he says, can we really afford to be in that position? Now, I don't think Ronald, privately, I'm guessing, will feel that we are there yet, because he's already said publicly it's going to take two years to get the squad he wants. So as I say, I think he's public kind of defence of the players was a little bit more of a cute strategy and as you say there's been in a, an environment an yeah. atmosphere the past week or so but he, he won't want to be seen as the person just going around pointing fingers saying you're not good yeah. enough what I would say about to just to kind of continue on cleverly for a moment that 
is I'm not just kind of slamming him based on that one performance. And maybe he's someone who Cumin who is reluctant to, to kind of dig out too much because I do think he's the type of player that would need games to reach his top level and it would be difficult for him to come in in a position where Gareth Barry has been absolutely sensational and, and hit that level straight away. And it wasn't only him. No. It was the it was the whole team really. Yeah, can I, I just on on cleverly? Sorry, Gav, you want to say something? Um, I think Tom's issue is the issue he came to the club with, and it hasn't been resolved. I don't think he's got an identity, and when I say that, I don't think he's got a position which he calls his mm. own. Now, he's he's often raised wry smiles and kind of laughed off when I've asked him about his this his. Um, sort of reputation as a utility man. You know, last season he played at right back, right wing, centre mid, left wing, mm. and he kind of, you know, very professionally said, well, look, if he gets me in the team, I'll do a job for the team and I'll play. But he's at a stage in his career, and it was why he came to Everton, because, as I understood it, Roberto felt that he would be playing as one of the front three behind Lukaku, and that would be his position. There was a feeling um, with Tom and his people that his best position was in an advanced position where he could create, get on the ball... But a mixture of things, one not being able to have consistently the form you would like and the team not playing particularly well and then needing him to fill in here, there and everywhere. He's at, he's at a point in his career, in his Everton career, where he needs to find an identity. Now, if he's looking at the situation with Barry and Idrissa Gay's the number one and two in central midfield and thinking, well, I want to be that, that person to provide the support, then he's going to have to show more on the ball than he did on, on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think the problem for me on, on Tuesday was not necessarily that. It was just the formation that we had. Because it wasn't really like what we played with Barry was a 4-2-3-1. It was more like 4-1-4-1, wasn't it? Where you had cleverly playing an, an advanced mm. role. Um, because And so what, what you need with that, you need one of one of the four behind Lukaku to be like a sort of box-to-box midfielder, which I don't think like Ross or Tom... Well, well the manager says we have got one. At this moment in time, I don't know so, why Ross can't do that. So yeah, but so need so you're asking Tom to play a role that he's not he can't do. Well, not can't do is it's not his normal role, and perhaps he hasn't got the tools to do it. What is um, his normal role though? Is his well, that, that's what I, I see behind playing the three behind one of the one of those, and so I think he was a victim of deformation mm. as much as anything else. And I think what that did as well is it also put it to say. Guy under 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 pressure mm. because he's got a big area of the pitch to fill there, haven't you? If you're playing four behind mm. Rom, and it was noticeable in the second half. I don't know for the first time he looked. He started made a couple of mistakes. Yeah, maybe took too much. That I think he, he had too much to do. He'd give the ball away a couple of times. He missed tackles, yeah. which yeah. he's not done at all in the in the five or six games I've seen him play. And I think that was a result of like not having somebody. Yeah. Next to him, right, and and I think and I think it was the formation that sort of influenced mm. Cleverley's performance, and that wasn't his game. And let's face it, you saw both both goals. I think came from that that formation. I think the first goal is we were a man short at the back, and because we weren't playing two older midfielders, and that enabled them to sort of have mm. a spare man. Mm. And the second goal, Tom tries to tackle in our penalty area. He's not. He's not. He's not a yeah. Gareth Barry or a yeah. he's a and. And and consequently, the lad scored. You know, you, great goal. Mori as well. Yeah, Mor- yeah, Mori was just you know, if if anything, he should have been the one who cut it out. And both those goals, I I think, could be down. Well, 
partially down to the formation we had, and, and I don't think that helped us. And I, I come away thinking about on Tuesday the play we missed was McCarthy, mm. because I think, I think it's a guy is I think he's really good, as you said, is supporting the front, and I think on Tuesday. He could have played McCarthy in the holding role and got just a gate to play further up, further up the pitch. Interesting. And and I think that would when you say we missed Rom or missed Gareth on, on Tuesday, I think we missed McCarthy because uh, you saw like the goal against Middlesbrough on on the mm. third one. It was yeah, just a yeah. like he took two men out, didn't he, outside their box? Mm. And I thought I thought that we missed McCarthy on Tuesday, and and the formation didn't help. But going back to the start of the show as I've just called this podcast <laughs> to show is, now, we had it, we had enough to win the game it's the fir- for me it was the first kind of um, reality check on Koeman being the greatest manager to ever have walked through you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the tunnel of yeah, yeah. since Howard Kendall yeah, yeah. I think he's brilliant but he, you know, no one's perfect and I think he got a few things wrong on Tuesday we had this discussion Greg um, Koeman said all the right things ahead of Yeovil and his team selection for Yeovil Town in, in the second round got everybody going, this, yeah, he's going to take this super seriously. This means we'll be playing super strong teams every round and we're going to have a proper go at this. Now, again, with the caveat that team was good enough, and it was, and I think he was let down by the players. It was good enough to win. We discussed this briefly, didn't we, on Tuesday night and quite late on. I don't know, it left me, and his reaction left me feeling, you know, did he actually value it that much? Nah, I don't think so, because that's... It was the disparity in the selection between, funnily enough, Yeovil mm. and Tuesday, and I know circumstances have changed since the very entry round of the League Cup, but nonetheless, that selection didn't suggest to me that he was desperate to stay in that cup at all costs. Well, yeah, I mean, he obviously wants to give playing time to, to a few players, I mean, because that was the other problem, wasn't it? But you had Valencia playing as a striker. Now, if you play 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, you've got the striker's got to be able to hold the ball up and lay it off because you've got midfield runners, you know. And Valencia is, is the complete opposite he's of that. He's, he's a runner himself, yeah. isn't he? Well, that, yeah, but that brings us back to the start of this conversation about, you know, they're only having 13 players. And the failure to bring a striker in, in you know, which a lot of people have said in, in the transfer window. Uh, and so, consequently, we ended up with, like, sort of 4-1-5 on, mm. on, uh, on, on Tuesday yeah. night, which I don't think was well, ideal. Have, speaking about Valencia, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. I was thinking, what will we do if... Rome gets injured. Now, if, if, if Rome gets injured and we've got to play Valencia, I think he changes the way we play. And this is where maybe what we spoke about Balassi coming into being a more attack-minded rather than a winger, maybe becoming like a secondary striker role and we play on the break. My concern would be if Rome gets injured and we're at home at Goodison to a team we're expected to be, a team that won't come and try and dominate the ball, mm. are we good enough to open teams up when we haven't got Rom as the focal point. No. Because I, I actually yeah. think no. Valencia... I was actually not impressed with Valencia, but I was I was encouraged by his speed, his attitude, the fact that he looks already in tune with the idea of pressing. And I think he can stretch defences, but his best will come, as we say, when he's running off Rom. Yeah. And yeah. my concern would be, has he got enough? And it's not just down to him, but has he got enough? If you look at Palace on... Uh, not Palace. Borough on Saturday... First goal set piece, great. It's good that, we're, that we look like we've got a presence at set pieces now. But the two goals involve Ron. We still sets one up and scores the other. Yeah, for me, we still haven't got a proper number ten who can pick the lock, create those chances. 
you know, we've signed players in the summer who, who bolstered our attack, you know, significantly, largely mm. Balassi. But we haven't got that player. And as you say with Lukaku, out of the team, I just dread to think. It doesn't bear thinking about, to be yeah. honest with you. Because, you know, depending on, God forbid, a serious injury and how long he was out, again, it just puts the emphasis back on January and why they've got to go and right the wrong of the summer and sign a proper centre-forward who can push Lukaku for his place. Because yeah. don't forget, last season he had a point whereby he'd hit his 20 goals and he wasn't getting any competition for his place and he basically, you know, down tools. Yeah. We hope that doesn't happen again. But just in case, you know, he needs someone breathing down his neck, that's it. To, to be fair to Rom, I don't think he was the only player who appeared to down tools, wasn't he, in the last couple of months of uh, last season. Yeah, I mean, th- there is a few options. I mean, he could play. I mean, Kone was maybe in a better bet on, on Tuesday. I mean, Morales has sort of been there, you know, mm. there or thereabouts. But the problem with that is, if you're the centre-forward, you're playing a lot with your back to goal, isn't it? And it's, it's a different... different than, than playing on the wing. That's why I wouldn't have a know? problem if we were away from home. If say yeah. we went to the Etihad and we were going to play counter attack football, I would be fairly comfortable with. If you didn't have Rom, you'd still go. Well, we've got speed and Valencia. Yeah, that's different. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. what I mean. Moyes did that in 2008, didn't he? Yeah. When we uh, when Kale scored, he didn't play a strike. He played for four and six. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, no, <laughs> sounds so, like uh, old money. Yeah. Total football. But, so, <laughs> but we actually did. I think Fellaini and Kale played their intense yeah. to play. To play a front man, so you can actually play, mm. get it right without a, True. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a recognised striker. Um, I was going to say it was when Sahar was injured, but actually I think that was most of his career, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, and, and I think that's a worry, I and mean, that has to be managed. Um, and, and I think, as you say, I think the January transfer window, maybe that's looking a bit more urgent in terms of bringing people in than perhaps it did maybe a fortnight ago. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's been more talk today about uh, Lukaku's contract, Phil. That doesn't really seem like that's moving along at the moment. I, I mean, what do you think? Is it is now the time to be handing out contracts or mm. or not? Yeah, it's interesting. Again, we were discussing this, weren't we? I didn't get the chance to ask Ronald today. Um, hopefully, we'll do next week. But my just going off what he said about Barry last week, last week, and there's you know eulogising about Barry, he was really fulsome in his praise and naturally he was asked about Barry's contract and it was interesting what he said, I found it quite illuminating because he was, even for someone like Gareth Barry, if you asked every Evertonian now, I think you've all been convinced by him, he's out of contract in the summer, yeah. should we hand him a new deal? I think everybody would say yes, let's get it done. Yeah. But even for somebody like of Gareth's stature within the club, Ronald was still kind of going, well, if he still remains important, yeah, then we'll do it. Yeah. And I wonder whether that has become applicable to Baines, who's out of contract in the summer, Jagielka, who's out of contract in the summer. And I wonder whether Koeman, even though he says today in a press conference about contracts, it's not my job, I wonder if he's urging a degree of caution with Ross and Rom, keep them hungry, so to speak. I'm not suggesting that that they wouldn't necessarily be putting it in because they have been so far, but just just maybe it might be a tactic. Just keep them waiting. Let's not just assume that they're going to get stuff handed to them. Prove you you deserve a new contract because both of them are already on decent deals anyway. But I don't know. I'm guessing, but it's a yeah, feel. I agree with that. I think that's a sort of way of just reinforcing who's in power and who's boss there. And I think uh, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Um, I was just one thing from this week, which I think we should cover based on last week's conversation. Is we spoke a lot about Ross last week, and he's had two games mm. since then. 
Um, what, what have your reflections been, Greg, on those two performances? Uh, so what was the gist of uh, last, last week? Well, yeah, you went here last week about like Ronald saying about Ross didn't do there well was, at Sunderland. The debate was whether he's going to start him yeah. again, yeah. yeah. And, so, uh, right, so in which case, then, I think we saw both sides of him, really, in, in the last two fixtures. Yeah. I saw a response, definitely saw a response against Borough. After a kind of, it didn't click straight into the game, but when he did, I was impressed with what I saw. Tuesday night, I felt like it was back to square one in some regards. Again, the game passed him by. It wasn't through lack of trying, but it just didn't have his, have an impact on that contest against a t- ten of Norwich with ten changes. Some young players playing for Norwich. I think some players were making their, if not debuts. Nelson uh, Oliveira hadn't played very often mm-hmm. for them. I just think you know he who Phil who was it basically had in his back pocket. Um, it, it was I think it was Thompson in midfield really gave him a good game and there was a couple of times when he would certainly appear in the first half where I think Ross lost out on quite a number of the fifty fifties with Thompson. He seemed to get more of a handle on in the in the second half, but he's I just influence yeah. was stunted. Oh, so that's that's it was and we observed that didn't we? I just felt that as I say, it was the two sides to Barkley, and I, I felt ultimately frustrated that he couldn't build on Borough. I still think he feels. Do you still think his performances? It sounds a little bit difficult to sort of not, not be able to sort of quantify. But do you feel that his performances at Goodison will still be influenced by the mood of the evening and the afternoon and the crowd? Because everybody was up at Borough, and you probably, if you look back at the game, Ross's best. Period of the game came after we drew one all. Mm. We got it level. Yeah. yeah. And do you think the kind of wasn't a full house on Tuesday? We weren't playing particularly well. Norwich go and score. There's a bit of mm, shrugging the shoulders about the whole affair. Well, do you think that yeah. kind of feeds into him a little? Well, bit? Well, maybe. But isn't it? Isn't it time at twenty three? Yeah, I'm Yeah. That I would, yeah. like I say about Dale Fayou and yeah. Lukaku, that he's mentally strong enough. Mm. And it, look, if you're talking about comparison points, um, and I have to say I love Ross, but. Gerard's been mentioned now at the moment. Let's be realistic. Stephen Gerard's twenty-three and Ross Barkley twenty-three. Ross isn't in that league. I think this is the, probably the period where Ross Gerard is not yeah, kicked on in yeah. from Ross. Yeah. Ross isn't isn't anywhere near that. We spoke about it. Yeah. Ross has been on. We spoke about it last week, didn't we? Ross has been honest enough to say that, hasn't he? He needs to kick on. Um, I don't know. It's a process, isn't it? And, yeah. And like, Twenty-three is still obviously young, very young. I, ex- I expect him to but, play. On yeah, that. I know he's got he's got to deliver, hasn't he? I mean, I know what you're saying, but I don't think uh, top players, as it were, in versus commas, you know, you shouldn't depend on the influence of the uh, the, no, the, the mood no, of the crowd not, to influence yeah. your performance. If anything, you should be saying it's a bit quiet today. I need you to do something. You, sh- you should be doing it. Yeah. And that was a game that was made. For Roston on Tuesday, I think he's he's done okay against Middlesbrough. He's been a team weakened yeah. team. He's now sort of the main man. Yeah, you know he's he's out of that eleven. There's probably only Seamus and um, I'm just not how many vaccines longer Everton cleared on him in that eleven. On there can't be many players. Seamus perhaps and um, Morales. Well, when he came on, yeah, predates yeah. Morales. So he's a sort of senior pro at the that, club yeah, there, yeah. and I was I was just thinking that's the time for him to take the game by the scruff and the neck, and 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 he, and he didn't, yeah. and 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 that's that's a that's a that's a concern for me, based on his performance against Middlesbrough, which is a reaction to to Ron's comments last week. It was just made for him on mm. Tuesday in not the most trying of circumstances. And he didn't. He didn't really deliver uh, for me, and I was very disappointed. And, and I haven't said 
the only thing I'd say that is, do you think he gets too much scrutiny? Ross? He probably does. Same way does Romelu get too much scrutiny. Yes, what's the common theme with those two players? They're both incredibly talented, who we all know can deliver potential, yeah. Yeah. superb performances, who we believe can be exceptional players for Everton. Is that justified that they get that scrutiny? Probably if, not. If anything, Lukaku deserves more scrutiny, given what they paid for him, club record fee at the time. What he says. And uh, what he says, yeah. Ross hasn't caused a moment's uh, grief. No, yeah. no, never spoken out of line, never instructed his agent to go and do this, that or the other. He's actually always been, in many sense, the textbook player. Yeah. Always spoken well about the club. I just, I, I think, like most Blues, we just desperately want him to be, if you like, that, that Gerrard figure. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe that Gerard is a once in a, a you know, yeah. in a, every ten years player. Yeah. But we want him to be. But he was a once in ten years player for Liverpool. Yeah. Everton haven't. I've had like Rooney. Now we've got Ross. Yeah. I know, and we've already had Ross for quite a bit longer than we had just, Rooney. So I just, I just think you know, think back to that first season. We talk about too much scrutiny with Ross. We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is you it. Know, I think, and, and I think about it. that first season. I think about games home to Newcastle early on. Electric runs beyond Rom. And they had a great understanding. And I just want him to play with that level of, of, of almost abandon. The goal against City, QPR. No, just, yeah. He just doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, I know. I mean, we spoke up last week, I don't know, uh, you were in here, but we said, like, what you said about Dale Fay, you were saying the same thing about Bar. Right. Is he, yeah. like, you know, I asked the question today, mm. has he improved in that three year gap? And you'd have to say, well, he shows signs, but he's pretty much levelled out, you know. And. As you said, Greg, like you know, he's now in a position where he yeah. needs to kick on now at, at 23, um, and it just you know it it just doesn't you know doesn't seem at the moment as if it, it it's going to happen any any time soon. And it, but it's a, but he's got the ability. I mean, I'd argue that concern. I don't want to pick compared to Zerad, but I will. He's actually probably got a, a little bit more natural talent. Mm. You know, than, you know, in terms of like he can certainly strong with both feet for the start. You know. Um, and his natural gifts are are in abundance, but I don't I don't know. It's just I, I want to see him. He mentioned it last season, where he obviously got his highest number of goals and scored and assists, and he was and he'd been told. I think I think Nazy, funnily enough, had been advising Ross about getting in the box more, and, and you'll get chances and you'll score. And I want to see, I just want to see him run beyond a bit. He's a powerful lad. He's a strong lad, and I want to see. We turned to each other at one point on Tuesday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the second half, the ball comes from the right hand side. Just hit it. Just hit. Put your foot through it and lash it in. He puts his foot on it. Checked. Went Check, back. Comes back. Yeah. Like, just play with instinct, Ross. And I, I'm still concerned. I keep banging on about it. I feel like he's been overtaught in the past two and a half seasons, and it's still in his head that he's got to be almost creating the perfect goal. Just hit it. This is, but this is for me. He's not a ten, and he's trying to play like a. You know, a jinxy check in inside out and then slip in the perfect killer ball. I don't think he's that type of player, but Kuman has gone on record saying he feels he can be a 10. And like I say in the past, defer, obviously defer to his, um, yeah. the, the vast knowledge gap when it comes to professional football therein. Bournemouth on Saturday, the scene of a variety of where Ross, horror. Where Ross scored, of course. He yeah. did, yeah. But the scene of, of one of many disappointing, ultimately disappointing afternoons last season, up and down. Um, a man who you'd kind of alluded to then as overcoaching Ross, obviously had, uh, had, had overseen hmm. one of many similar results. We're going there, you know, with Ronald now, a different mindset. Hmm. Hopefully Lukaku back fit. Um, 
But again, you know, we've still got this run of fixtures and it goes on beyond this where you look at them and you think that they're winnable and, and you're waiting for us either to slip up against someone we should beat or, or the momentum to maybe it's just me yeah, being a yeah. cynic before the hard games kick yeah, in. I think you've had the... I don't think we've had the plaudits we deserve so far this season because people have said, "Oh, we've knocked Evan, you know, second in the table. They've, uh, you know, they've not played anybody yet." Well, actually, we, okay, we played Spurs to start season, but you know, you see, there's there's uh, more fancy teams than us that have mm. have suffered bad results. At, you know, United uh, and Watford, for example. You know, yeah. you know, yeah. in, you know, certain team at Burnley. You know, um, Chelsea have got out today. Hello, Swansea. A little bit and and Watford. Big time, you know, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's you, you can't say you can't you can't say this is the hardest league in the world, the most competitive then, league in the world. Then say you you you're second in you know you're second in the league. Oh, yeah. And therefore, therefore, you haven't played anybody. It, it the two things don't marry up for me. You know. Um, and I don't think we've had the plot, which is good, because I think keeping under the radar. Mm. And, you know, Tuesday was disappointing. Better to Everton teams than the one we've got at the moment, by the way, have gone out in the League Cup yeah. early. And, you know, <laughs> so I don't think we should yeah. have just got a dreadful record. But, you know, we've just got to get the, you know, get our best team out on, on Saturday. Bournemouth, they're a bit, been a bit patty, haven't they? Um, and, and I play to our potential. And, you know, if we play for our potential... Every game, we're going to beat a lot more teams than we 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 uh, we lose to. I'm confident going there, especially if Ron comes through training tomorrow, as we expect and hope he will do. Um, Balassi's back in the starting lineup, won't he? And he's he's always going to make something happen. You know, he 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 probably made more happen in the 15 minutes he was on the pitch mm-hmm. on Tuesday than most of the others did. Um, it's interesting on on the. Uh, I was speaking to somebody at the press conference day before it started, and I was saying to them, "They were never told." And I said. Did, do you think that the three all last season, I think it was December time, wasn't it? Was that when you felt the warning signs were there? I I wasn't. I, I was. It was awful the way we collapsed. But for me, that it was too early for me to sense that something was chronically wrong. But when you look back at it now, you go, maybe maybe it does date back to that. And then it proceeded the January from. Hell preceded it, didn't it? When was the Chelsea game when it was basically the same pattern? That so was March or February. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, the Bournemouth game, I just... Um, we, we, the thing about the Bournemouth game, and that gave me the... God, but I think we won, we won the previous... I think we scored six and four, had me, against Villa and Sunderland mm. in the two preceding games. And I think if we'd have beaten Bournemouth, we would have been fifth. yeah. And I remember going. I was I was at a social event that, that afternoon. And I was like I was following on Twitter. I was seeing like three two. Like yeah. as we as we drawn like, with Norwich as well. I think it might have been a week before, yeah, but we were on yeah. a really good run of scoring goals. And you know when like somebody said, you know when no one it was ninety seven minute we scored. <laughs> like they scored. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. I, I I don't think we have recovered from that. I know like and looking won, back, I wonder. We now. Won, won from I know we won at Middlesbrough. I think in the yeah, cup, and, and yeah. I think the managers made the point saying, "Oh, we've got over the Bournemouth bogey," but. I don't think we ever we got over from that, and I think though we won there in the FA Cup, though didn't we? Yes. I I, I do think because it's a new you need Rob Lester to save a pen, by the way. Yeah, I do think that there's still a few ghosts to be exercised there, and let's hope we can do it on Saturday because we've got the team to do it. You know, I, it does still haunt me that game. Is it Joshua King who scored that late goal? Uh, no, it was uh, Stanis Stanislas. Was it? It was a good goal, if I remember correctly. 
Well, from their point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in, it was a good <laughs> yeah. strike. Uh, did, yeah. had, we, had we not celebrated Ross's goal? A, oh, bit, yeah. a bit over-enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't, I don't blame any for anybody for that. I know That's the fans right. got some stick for that, but yeah. I don't blame nah. them. It's you, a team we've got to see score a goal in the 97th minute yeah. to yeah. go ahead. Nah. You think you've won it. But I remember from the kickoff. I think there was some like 30-odd seconds left. And he brought Gibson on to try and shore it up in inverted commas. We looked more open than we had at any other point in the game. They shifted it left. Hammered in across, Daniels in the left back, whipped it in. And it just, they were almost like pawns, stood there. And then you just just, yeah. just ghosted in. Well, yeah. you know, sorry, you know, my, the point of you, what's that goal again? Oh, if you from behind the couch. <laughs> is you watch it though, is Seamus goes to go to the right hand side and the forward pushes him. One of the former uh, right. players pushes him into the area away from the action so Seamus can't get out and cover it and stop the cross. If yeah. you, if it was actually a foul on Seamus and you look at it again. That's why the lads had so much space. Mm-hmm. But we won't be like that on Saturday. I remember sure. Roberto felt that because McCarthy had gone off injured and he said if McCarthy was still on the pitch we wouldn't concede that goal because he would have covered that and stopped the cross or helped stop the cross. But was so Hopefully we're savvy and we're nastier, we're a bit more astute. Hopefully it's not as windy as well, it was horrendous, like going to Gale. Yeah. Well, I mean, and to be fair, I mean, we don't make it, I mean, let's face it, we're second on the table, besides lost in the League Cup, but no change today, we always lose in the League Cup in <laughs> October. But we've only conceded three goals in mm. five games. Um, defensively, we've been sound. I mean, ironically enough, the three goals we conceded were all stuff that maybe we shouldn't have. You know, the game against Spurs, we didn't cover the cross. And the good idea, wasn't it? The yeah. cross could have been stopped. Mason Allgate maybe was a bit of yards. Yeah, yeah. The second West Brom, again, I think Stephen Bay got yeah. caught on his line a little bit. And then we had the, uh, we, had the we had the goal on uh, Saturday, which was a strange one. But in many respects, which is one of the things I wanted to mention, is like it sort of riled the crowd a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. On yeah, on Saturday, you know, and instantly, I think Scotty said, didn't he? You know, sometimes it's good, not the, it's a bad thing for opponents to get a decision in their mm-hmm. favour at Goodison because it. I think he's spot on. I think that's. You know. <laughs> You know, rightly or wrongly, it's it's adversity or injustice, essentially just that riles the bear pit more than anything else. Yeah. And that's often, as as I'm paraphrasing Scott here, you know, that might have been what's what set them up. And of course, Cummins team does seem to have the character to respond to you know little things like that go wrong. It's again, at West Brom, they yeah. sort of were able to go dust themselves off and, and on, back in the game. And on that, then on the flip side, I think Bournemouth in the experience I've had of, of covering games down there, they're a crowd that if you give them any form of encouragement will make it really noisy place and the, and the team responds to that because in the first half of the 3 all, we were thinking 2-0 up at half time near a pin drop and it, we should have seen it out of sight, should have managed the game but we gave them encouragement and ultimately they still believed at 3-2 in the 97th minute, talk about responding to adversity they went, we've got 40 seconds we might as well get behind the lads that place just was shaking by the end and I think that will be part of the team talk, certainly uh, Friday night, Saturday morning from Ronald. Just just want to mention one more, sorry, uh, on um, the peculiarities of crowds, if, if you like. Mm. Gav, I'll, I'll ask you this one. <laughs> Applauding Naismith's goal on Tuesday. I'll set out my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. I understand why, but... You know, I think I understand why, but... It, and, you know, a lot of people would say, well, that, that's just Goodison, you know... It wasn't for me. You don't, you don't applaud going a goal behind. Uh, it's a good point. You might applaud him at the end of the game or when he comes on. or Yeah, they applauded the young lad's goal as well. 
Mm. Crack and roll. Yeah, again, you don't applaud it. I mean, What's going on? It's I not doing. This is generational thing. It's not doing the twenty threes. You know, I'm from like going started going the game. And you did. If the opposition scored, the screamer, you'd applauded. I remember. You know, the, I was thinking about the last goal. I can remember being applauded by Goodison opponents. Was the yak for Portsmouth? You <laughs> know, when the game when Aussie scored, went like it did the end. The yak scored an absolute. Howitzer at the Gladys Street end with his left foot. Give it the, the jazz hands after. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been before then. And there was actually people applauded him, you know, and that was the last one I can remember. Because of my generation, I haven't got a problem with that, uh, to be honest with you. If, if it's a quality goal, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, but I don't know why we were applauding on Tuesday. It was because of. Was Naismith, or because Naismith didn't celebrate the goal we'd have called? <laughs> so there was some, some deep psychological thing going on you, there, you know. Do you think there was anything in it that when Naisy came back, it was the final game of the season, and there was different priorities, wasn't there, for Everton fans? And do you think maybe on some level, his the appreciation for Naisy that day got lost, and maybe they thought, saw it as an opportunity to acknowledge a player who was very popular? Um, maybe. And I don't know what also, and it. Sounds it sounds a little cynical, but if we'd have lost four and drawn drawn one of the first five games and the place was edgy, you wouldn't have got that generous yeah. that generosity, would you? No. Um, or not necessarily, or not not maybe from everybody. I think there would have been a booing, angry. So different time, occasion, right moment. You know, kind of. I had no problem with it, but, but I can see why people. Well, when you said now, is that because it's a bit. No, I just, no, I just think it's a, you know, it's a competition that not only have we never won, we're never going to win. We ended up going out. <laughs> yeah. We just conceded the goal. Yeah. I, it doesn't make me want to applaud. I don't care who scored it. Um, but maybe I'm just a curmudgeon who, you no, know, no, no, I haven't no. got the uh, the spirit of there was, there, was yeah, a, there was no ripples of applause from the press box, was there? To be fair, there wasn't. No, no, never mind. Anyway, hopefully there's applause for all the right reasons. I'll clap loads on Saturday, lads. Don't worry. No, yeah, no matter yeah. what happens, you'll clap loads. Yeah. <laughs> there's Bovril. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be with Phil at the Vitality Stadium, and we'll have plenty to talk about when we next get together next week. Thanks for listening, and uh, like I say, we'll be back at the early part of next week.